covering all aspects of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. It's time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Here is your host, Matt Pauley. It is time for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley. Great to have you with us. We took a couple of weeks off for uh, the holiday, but we are back with our first edition of the podcast in 2022, and we are uh, certainly glad to be coming your way. Although, if we are being perfectly honest and totally blunt about things, there's not a whole lot to talk about. We continue to sit uh, in a lockout when it comes to Major League Baseball. There has been some talk that uh, you are going to uh, see some negotiations start up again later on this month in January between players and owners. At the same time, there's really no reason to believe that a whole lot is going to get done until we get much, much closer to pitchers and catchers reporting. And even even beyond that, there's a possibility it could take some time. So I'll be honest with you, I'm not the most optimistic person about uh, these negotiations moving along with any type of speed. Uh, reportedly, owners are putting together another framework when it comes to the economics of baseball that they are going to present to players. Uh, when exactly they that might happen, we just have to wait and see. And the big thing is, are there going to be any type of real concessions that are inside of that and are are the players at any point going to either respond to that or are they going to propose something to owners where they have some type of concessions because right now the two sides have kind of stated where they're at and uh, they haven't shown a whole lot of willingness to negotiate and at some point negotiation is going to have to happen and the best thing that can happen is getting the two sides in the same room together, closing the door, calling in for lunch, calling in for dinner, and just having them sit there and talk through things. Communication is going to be the thing that probably is best. I say that at the same time. There is a possibility where if things get a little bit too heated, maybe spending too much time together could actually be uh, a bad thing. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not a... I am not an expert when it comes to labor negotiations by any stretch of the mind. All I know is that this is not a fantastic situation right now, and we'll just have to wait and see on what's going to end up happening. So kind of like it was when we uh, did the podcast uh, during the pandemic uh, or during the, you know, the the shutdown portion of the pandemic, not that the pandemic is over, but uh, during the shutdown portion when not a whole lot was uh, going on uh, leading up to the season a couple years ago. Uh, this podcast very much just going to be a conversation podcast where we're going to have uh, different folks on uh, on an every week basis, and we'll continue on with that until we get to a point where there's actually news to kind of talk about. So with that, uh, we'll get to the uh, bulk of this week's podcast, and that is a uh, conversation with uh, Matt Carroll. He is a site expert, part of the team over at Reviewing the Brew, so let's get to it. After every Brewers game, signing an announcement, bloggers and podcasters hit the web to give their take. Now we bring them all together. It's the Social Media Roundtable, and it starts now. Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast is powered by WTMJ Mobile. We're very happy to uh, continue on and uh, welcome back onto the podcast. He is uh, a side expert at reviewing the brew, also part of the Cold Brew Podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at MKEMatt13. He is uh, Matt Carroll. Matt, thanks so much for uh, taking the time as always. How are you? I am, well, outside of being really cold uh, and not knowing when baseball's coming back, I mean, I guess as good as I can be otherwise. 
Yeah, it's cold outside. Uh, where I'm at right now, it's seven degrees, and uh, there is no baseball. There is no collective bargaining agreement. There is a lockout, and there is very little conversations going on between the two sides. So yeah, it's not the uh, not the best moment in time to be a baseball fan, right? No, it's not so much. And um, you know, we I, it's ever from everything I had read. You know, it was like they said mid to late January. That's when maybe can kind of start hitting the panic button so i think it was all to be expected at this point that it was going to drag out but you know it doesn't make us feel any better that's for sure no i was reading there was a story it was a national story at the athletic this past week that i read and they were comparing the um the baseball lockout to previous nba lockouts and they talked to people who were involved in nba lockouts and the word from those people were look um there's this whether it's true or not true there's just this feeling that you're not going to get your you're not going to get your opponent in a negotiation to give their best deal until there's truly something at stake and there's not truly something at stake until you start missing things missing the start of spring training missing the start of spring training games missing the start of regular season games things like that so we can sit here and say it would be great for the two sides to be negotiating but i think there is something to be said for these two sides probably are not going to really start doing things until they're truly you know the, the proverbial backs are up against the proverbial wall yeah, and, and that makes sense. And yeah, we've got a little bit of time to go. And even, you know, as we get closer to pitchers and catchers reporting uh, in the kind of early to mid-February, it, it's still even a little bit longer past that that you actually have, you know, spring training and Cactus League games and whatnot. I think for me, the part that I guess leaves me with this little bit of worry was everything that we saw uh, during the 2020 season when they were trying to decide on a you know start to that season and how long it was going to be and what percentage of the contracts the players were going to get paid out there was a lot of public mudslinging between the you know owners and the players association or um, manfred and the players association however you want to put it and i I just feel like in the past maybe that's because this is the age of social media uh, you didn't see that much go public and so it just it, it turned into kind of a joke uh, with that compared to some of the other leagues that were able to you know get started back up faster MLB should have been the fastest one to go um, and then they ended up being the last and so um, I, that's the part for me where just having already seen that and just kind of how ugly that got that's the part that leaves me with this little bit of worry in the back of my head yeah and the other thing that plays out there is that grievance that was filed after the 60 game season was imposed that grievance has not yet been figured out and it could still be years but there had been some talk that maybe finding a way to make that grievance go away could be part of this negotiation well that's easy to say two three months ago now you're sitting there where they got a whole lot of work to do just on the basic economic principles uh, to even get spring training underway. I feel like the grievance from that is still going to be hanging over the head. It just it it just seems like they can't agree on anything, and there's always going to be stuff that's that's there. And the players don't want to give anything. The owners don't want to give anything. I don't know if they've ever been more steadfast and in, in their beliefs. I'm not trying to paint this gloom and doom picture. But it just it doesn't seem like there's a lot of optimism for this to get done anytime soon. 
No. And then between all of that, the economic issues, the grievance, the rule changes that are going to go into it, you know, who knows, are COVID protocols also going to be part of the negotiation? Uh, We've seen in, you know, the other professional leagues right now, um, you know, the desire for uh, either owners or players associations wanting to revisit protocols and testing with asymptomatic players and all those types of things. Is that just going to throw another wrench into everything and delay actually coming to an agreement? I, you know, I don't know where are we, where we're going to be, you know, with all of this in the next, you know, a couple of weeks from now when they actually start digging in. I don't know. So there's a lot to get uh, sorted out. Yeah, and really, as we talk, with this conversation is being recorded the evening of Sunday, January 9th, our first uh, podcast of 2022. Uh, as we talk now. It's very different than if we would have been talking a month ago, because maybe maybe six weeks would be the better number. But six weeks ago, before we knew about Omicron and anything like that, it felt like we were moving in the right direction when it comes to COVID. Now you look at you know sports that are either changing protocols like the NFL to find a way to keep playing, or you look at college basketball that's losing dozens of games on a on a weekly basis as they continue to go through what they're going through right now. Uh, More than anything else, we just don't know what it's going to look like from a COVID perspective once baseball season is here. I I think it'll be better than it is now. That's what the experts that know a whole lot more than me are saying, but nobody was expecting what we're going through right now. So anybody trying to make a guess of what it's going to look like. So it's a great point by you that, you know, while they're going through this, does the COVID discussion have to come up? Matt, I feel like that's probably pretty low on their priority list that when they get in there and they get in the same room together, they got to work out these economic things. And to me, it almost feels like they'll, the COVID stuff is hopefully temporary. They'll figure that out at the time. I want them to figure out the major financial and economic issues because that's, what's going to stop baseball from being played. Right. Yeah. And I totally agree. I mean, there's the economic issues, the rule changes, those are all things that are going to last four years, um, you know, coming up with any new or revised COVID protocols, hopefully, fingers crossed, um, would be something that would, you know, only really be in effect for, you know, the next year, the next two years, I don't know. Um, But it's just, again, it's just another one of those, are we going to get like really close to, um, you know, some sort of agreement? And it's like, oh, well, we got to hash these protocol adjustments out. I I don't know. It's just, again, like I said, just another one of the the many factors that um, feels like it's going to take a long time to get sorted out, considering the fact that they're not actually talking about anything right now. You're um, you guys are still pumping out content at at reviewing the brew. It's not not super easy. I I can't think a couple of your recent stories. You did three trends from 2021 to leave behind in the new year. Uh, You did five moves in 2021 that did not uh, work out as planned. Uh, Have you been maybe challenged to figure out what the, the things to, uh, to write about at this time? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's definitely been tough. Um, We have a great um, MLB uh, editorial team who you know kind of tries to give a little bit of guidance of some things we can think about um, in terms of articles, but uh, you know you you also don't want to uh, burn through a lot of it that might uh, draw in a lot of readers once the season fires back up. You know if you're talking about trade targets and those types of things right now, 
um, what happens once things start back up and there are transactions that are actually, you know, about to come about. So, yeah, you kind of look back at last year and um, David, you know, site expert as well, reviewing the brew, we discuss, um, you know, any new ideas or anything like that. And um, but yeah, it's 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 definitely been challenging. That is that's for sure. The off season is right around this time gets challenging as it is um, because you've passed a lot of those uh, cool things that happen in December and November, like the Rule Five draft and the non tender deadline and things that are easy to write about. And right about now is when you hit kind of a dead period before uh, pitchers and catchers report. So it's always a challenging time in January, and then now we don't even have baseball. So you know, makes it uh, even a little bit more difficult. But um, there's always stuff out there and there's always stuff people want to read about. So it's just just a matter of coming up with it. I would be shocked if a deal gets done before the pitchers and catchers report date. I just I don't think that's going to happen. So let's I don't know if you agree with that or not, but let's uh, let's go with that for just a second. Let's make the assumption that a deal gets done after that. What do you think it's going to look like right off the bat? Because a deal is going to get done and probably within a week, spring training is going to get started, maybe three, four days. That means they're going to have just a handful of days for teams to go through the rest of their free agent signings. What do you think that's going to look like during that period? I mean, you have to wonder if it's going to kind of look uh, like it did right before the lockdown uh, happened and there was kind of a little bit of a flurry of moves. Um, you know, the teams and players were having these talks and negotiations and uh, for the ones that didn't get kind of locked down before the lockouts, um, you have to imagine they'll just kind of pick things back up where they started. Um, there's a lot of teams with a lot of needs out there. There's a lot of free agents still out on the market. Um I, I would expect that there would just be a, a bunch of movement basically as soon as things kind of start back up because teams are going to need to, you know, get these players in place so that they have the time to, um, you know, get some spring training games under their belt. These players haven't been able to use team facilities. Hopefully they're, you know, I'm sure they're staying in shape in their own ways. Um, but, you know, you, you're going to need to shake off the rust and you're going to need to get to know your new teammates. And um, so I feel like teams will want to finish those moves relatively early. And so uh, I'm I'm excited for it. We just need it to happen. Yeah, we do. And who knows? I mean, that that's the, that's the scary thing about this. And unfortunately, you know, we took the last two weeks off on the podcast around the holidays, but we're back and our conversations are still, you know, they're, they're the same as they were, before the holidays and now they're going to kind of be the same here moving forward because it's all about when is this lockout going to end and then once it does come to an end what in the world is it going to look like uh during that period and and none of us none of us really know of course from a brewer's perspective i think it's safe to say there are still areas that you'd like to see them shore up it feels like the lineup could certainly still use some type of a big bat you can continue to look to first base you can look to third base you can even probably still look to the outfield a little bit as areas where they can uh where they can continue to add and the good news is there are there are guys out there that still fit into that category and i guess something that we've seen in baseball the last few years is when the when the free agent market has gone a little bit cold and eventually it does go cold all of a sudden it seems like there are deals to be had maybe the brewers you know 
it didn't work out, but Jackie Bradley Jr. was a was a great example of that. A guy who was still out there, and the Brewers, uh, you know, took a fly not took a flyer on. They signed him, and then it just didn't work out. But it feels like maybe those type of deals will will be available, and there might be almost more urgency from a player perspective to try to sign those type of deals. Yeah, and uh, we got to keep in mind as well one of the big rule changes that it seems most people seem to think is going to have a really good chance of being put in place is the universal DH. So that's now 15 National League teams uh, who need a player to fill that role. Some of them might already have uh, someone in mind kind of on the roster as it is, um, but maybe you then need to go backfill that position. So um, as soon as things, you know, the lockout is lifted and it's time to um, be able to make those moves, uh, you're all of a sudden fighting with, you know, the other NL teams to try and sign one of those guys. Nelson Cruz, um, I'm sure a lot of Brewers fans would love to uh, entertain the idea of him coming in. Um, he's going to have a lot of suitors uh, once uh, they're able to sign free agents again. So um, that's just, a you know, another thing that leads me to believe there will be quite a bit of movements in terms of transactions once they have the ability to do so. I do. Yeah, I think you're right. The universal DH is going to come at some point in time. I do kind of wonder, you know, do because there had been talk that there was there were some informal discussions in late December where the two sides weren't getting into core economic issues, but they were trying to kind of go through some of the you know quote unquote easy stuff. Uh, I don't know if universal DH comes under the category of easy stuff or not. I don't know if there actually is anything that is easy stuff or not. Uh, but I, I do wonder, as the the more time that passes, does that maybe mean that something like universal DH gets put on the back burner? The decision is to you know go forward with National League rules in 2022 because that's the way rosters are kind of built right now and implement universal DH in 2023 or revisit it in 2020. I, I don't know. Like I just, every day that goes by makes me think that maybe something that seems like it should be an easy thing to agree to. And I don't love it. Like I like national league rules, but I, I can also understand what's going on. It feels like everything says that this should be an easy thing to agree to, but every day that goes by makes me wonder, okay, is this going to be another thing that they get all snagged up on? Right. And again, to go back to, you know, 2020, it felt like that should have been a relatively easy thing for them to be able to hash out. And then it just dragged and dragged and dragged. So, you know, maybe you're right. Like nothing is quite as easy as it looks the longer and longer it takes them to actually start negotiating. So, yeah, that's a really good point. It could be something that uh, they agree on, but uh, does get pushed out. Um, I. I don't know. It, it just I, I, I would hope uh, that that would be one of the faster ones because it just felt like universal DH as there was more and more talk about it, that it was one of the very few you know rule changes or issues that both owners and players seem to both be in favor of. Um, so. Should be easy, but like you said, nothing really is easy these days. Yeah, I mean, there was talk about it maybe being in, put in for this past year. And then when mm -hmm. the discussion about it started between the two sides, 
the owners felt like they were giving the players something, so they wanted something back for it. The players felt like they were giving the owners something, so they wanted something back for it, and then it just doesn't end up happening. So, I mean, that's that's a great example of how tough it is between the two sides, even when each side wants something. If one side feels like by giving it up, they are there's more of an advantage to the other side, they're not even willing to go forward with something that each side wants. It's just crazy. <laughs> right, and, and therein lies the problem for all of this is even – on something that should be perfectly agreeable, we can find a way to turn it into some sort of bargaining chip for both sides. It's unfortunately the world we live in now. If you were David Stearns and the lockout ends, what is the first area of the roster that you would like to shore up for this upcoming season? Ooh, uh, I mean, if I'm David Stearns, uh, as much as, you know, we maybe want to get something in place for designated hitter. If it does come, uh, might want to look at first base a little bit. I'm looking at that bullpen. Um, you know, we lost some pieces uh, from last year. We don't have Boxberger anymore. We don't have Strickland anymore. And they were some very key pieces, uh, especially down the stretch. Um, you have Devin Williams returning, and obviously still have Josh Hader, assuming trade rumors don't actually result in anything this offseason. Um, and I think it was great to see what Jake Cousins did. And I think he comes back strong. But um, once you get past that, um, that kind of back into the bullpen, um, it could maybe use a little bit of um, extra work. So I'd be looking for a couple of guys to potentially bring in and uh, start the year off strong. Yeah, you know, David Stearns has an incredible track record when it comes to relief pitchers and bring, you know, Brad Boxberger is a great example. All the trade acquisitions they had made in season before this past year are good examples. But then the guys they brought in this year at the deadline in Norris and Curtis, those guys did not work out. And even the guys they brought in, like say in the Orlando Arcia trade, those guys did not work out. And that's a little bit different. Those guys weren't being brought in really. I, I didn't feel like that. That was not a thing where they were looking to shore up the bullpen. That was more, they were just trying to, you know, move Arcia. But all that being said, for the first time really in the David Stearns era, moves that were made related to the bullpen did not work out. Right. Uh, because just think back to some of the, you know, really solid moves that he had made um, in years prior with the, you know, going back to Drew Pomeranz in 2019. And there was a guy who, you know, didn't have super great numbers on the season until kind of up close to the trade deadline, go and grab him. And he ends up being just lights out the rest of the way. Um, brought in several guys in 2018, um, probably the worst of which being Joaquin Soria, and even he was uh, plenty serviceable, um, mm -hmm. bringing in, you know, Gio Gonzalez um, earlier. And, um, it, it, he generally is able to identify those guys and know who's going to be a good fit on that team in the bullpen, and it works out. And John Curtis, you know, I, I feel terrible for that one because that was more, a, you know, obviously a bad luck thing that he ends up getting injured and having to undergo Tommy John. Uh, but he was actually starting to pick things back up. But Daniel Norris, no, that it, it was a good move in theory. He had some decent underlying numbers and it just never quite worked out. And then, like you said, Sabatka and uh, Weigel, Sabatka didn't even end up uh, pitching in the majors. He spent the entire time down in the minors and uh, Weigel did as well. Uh, for the most part, he got, I think it was four games in only. Um, yeah, and, and now uh, none of those guys are around. Even Curtis, who you maybe could have thought about stashing on the roster and then 
uh, on the 60, uh, 60 day IL. Once the season started up, um, those roster spots are valuable and, um, they've even decided to move on from him. So, uh, a little odd, um, just seeing as like you said, how well he's done in the past, but you know, um, law of averages is going to catch up to you eventually. And, um, that just seems to be what happened this year. Yeah. I mean, it's, you mentioned some of the guys, Jordan Lyles, Anthony yeah. Swarzak. I mean, it mm-hmm. goes it goes back for a while. It is it was a it was an incredible run of really uh, contributing members of the bullpen that were brought into this organization. Um, and yeah, just in season this year, it just it, it did not work out. And you would have no reason to believe uh, that it probably wouldn't uh, turn around again here uh, moving forward. Before we let you go, uh, we mentioned kind of some of the stuff that uh, you're working on there at uh, Review and the Brew. And I know uh, part of the fan-sided network, you do some things that are uh, kind of in uh, in concert with some of the other uh, fan-sided sites out there for other teams. But uh, t- take our listeners through through, uh, everything that's going on right now at Review in the Brew. Yeah, um, well, yeah, like you said, we talked about earlier, um, kind of trying to just take a look back on the previous season and um, kind of just analyze some things that went well and some things that didn't, um, looking ahead to see, you know, what activity might happen once uh, things start back up again and um, really just throwing out whatever we can at this point to uh, kind of help everyone else uh, get their way through the lockout just as well as us. Um, and then, you know, on the, I know we mentioned a little bit earlier, but the podcast on um, the cold brew podcast, we did have a couple uh, really good episodes recently. We talked to uh, Eric Kratz right around Christmas um, and then just spent some time recently talking to Antoine Kelly, one of the brewers prospects down there. So um, that kind of also helps keep things going a little bit is uh, when you get to chat some baseball with some real baseball guys. So um, you know, anything we can do to, like I said, kind of survive this lockout just as well as everyone else. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is all about survival. I agree with that. He is uh, Matt Carroll, part of the team at uh, reviewing the brew and part of the uh, cold brew podcast, which uh, he just uh, which he just mentioned, which you can get uh, wherever you do uh, find your podcast. He and uh, David Gasper put that together. They're part of the uh, the. They take care of things at uh, Review and the Brew. That's for uh, sure. For, uh, for sure. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for your time. We will do this again uh, soon, and hopefully next time we talk, there is actually a collective bargaining agreement in place, and we can actually talk more actual baseball things. Yes, I am counting on it. That's Matt Carroll joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile, and that's just about going to do it uh, for the podcast. A reminder for you, Brewers Weekly does continue to come your way on Thursday nights on WTMJ from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock on nights that there is not a uh, Bucks game. They play a fair number of uh, Thursday games, so we get preempted. Uh, I'm not there every week due to my basketball uh, play-by-play obligations, but when I'm not there, Greg Matzik generally is there, and uh, we still have an hour's worth of uh, Brewers talk coming your way uh, as often as possible on Thursday nights on WTMJ. My appreciation going out to uh, Matt Carroll for joining us. Thanks to you for being tuned in. And we look forward to talking to you next week for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to a home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.